Hi everyone, a massive warm welcome to today's Friday Roundup, the episode at the end of the week where we recap the biggest news shaping crypto that's happened this week. There's no bigger news right now than the CPI print. It will be very interesting to see uh, how that tracks forecasted consensus. It all thinks it's coming in just a little bit lower in terms of normal CPI, but core CPI inflation is what the Fed is looking at and most uh, consensus analysts are looking at that that is going to come in quite hot like last month. So uh, all of that, fingers crossed uh, for the risk markets like crypto that uh, we don't see a massive overshoot because this will directly impact the market. It comes out, I believe, Friday morning about 3 a.m. So I'm just filming this the day before, uh, but everyone please be aware that this event is coming and it will likely throw markets through a bit more turbulence uh, coming through uh, tomorrow and the day after. And of course, the weekend when Bitcoin trades 24 seven. So we should see that will shake things through. All right, uh, let me crack straight into the main news of the week. Um, now, apart from CPI, the biggest news happening right now is what's going on in the United Kingdom. Uh, this is a macro news point, but it affects crypto, it affects traditional finance. And right now, traditional finance, yeah, again, is in a bit of a sorry state. So the bond issue that was a big problem uh, the other week, which almost sank the uh, UK's pension funds, is coming back with a vengeance. Their bonds are continuing to be sold off. The pension funds are again saying they're about to go under and they're looking again for more intervention from the Bank of England. So I just wanted to uh, quickly highlight uh, what a difference uh, the, the day, well, literally 30 minutes. And so this is, the, this is what was happening during the day and overnight. I was watching it on Twitter in my bed. I, I was thinking, oh, gee, this, this could be another big blow up. And you just see here the news coming out from the Financial Times. Bailey, so he's the head of the Bank of England, says he rules out extending Bank of England intervention. So uh, from the issues that happened a few weeks back, the Bank of England was coming in and bailing out essentially the pension funds by buying every single bond or targeted bond buying on the market. So these yields wouldn't keep rising. It helped for a little while, but they said this is a finite thing because if they get into this full time, they essentially become like the Bank of Japan, which are essentially printing money to buy their own bonds. And it, you, once you're in that um, cycle, it's very much uh, sovereign suicide for your currency. So just keep that in mind. So yeah, five ten in the morning, Bailey rules out extending Bank of England intervention. Five forty one a bit later, Bank of England signals it is prepared to prolong the bond purchases. So. Uh, he was saying he's up all night. Uh, he's obviously getting calls from really worried pension funds that uh, this is an older demographic nation as well in the UK. Uh, you can imagine the backlash, political backlash, you know, Main Street backlash of pension funds going insolvent, having to sell everything on their books to stay afloat. It is a terrifying situation, but this is where we are at um, from all the way going back to 2008 with this money printing and, and now with the aversion to holding um, treasury bonds right now uh, due to what's happening with the tightening. So again, I won't go into the weeds, but it is all connected. Uh, this is Lynn Olden. She is um, retweeting uh, Breaking News Market, which is tracking what the Secretary um, of Treasury in the United States, uh, Janet Yellen, was saying. And she's saying at uh, yeah, one day, so one day difference, I'm not seeing anything in markets that causes me to be concerned one day later. I'm concerned about the loss of adequate liquidity in treasuries. That is something you do not want to hear in terms of a systemic issue that could break all major markets like a 2008 situation. So uh, yeah, these government officials seem to be saying one thing behind the scenes, they are petrified of what's going on. And this all leads to the theory that it could be a Federal Reserve pivot soon as inflation begins to fall away, or at least it will over time. And the full implications of them raising interest rates 
haven't really been felt yet. They're looking at lagging indicators. They're looking at data coming from previous months and months uh, prior and the full effect six months down the road, 12 months down the road of just raising rates constantly and smashing emerging markets just hasn't been felt yet. And that dollar wrecking ball continues to climb higher. Okay, um, into more news, Michael Saylor, you know, one of the biggest Bitcoin bulls on the planet. Uh, so he's just quoting a Wall Street Journal article here and he's saying this is a major milestone on the road to institutional adoption. Now, this is FASBA settled on a fair value accounting for measuring crypto assets. Now, if you follow what's happening in institutional adoption, you remember when Tesla came in, MicroStrategy came in, you're thinking, all right, it's only a matter of time for Microsoft, Google, all these other corporates and companies come into the fray, well, it's not that easy. The reason why Michael Saylor could do it is he has um, sole ownership of the company. He can make those unilateral board decisions. You need a lot of other, you need to convince a lot of other board members, a lot of these other companies actually go down this route. You need to you know, convince the uh, chief financial officer as well of the company and make sure this isn't a crazy thing to do to put um, some of their reserves uh, into Bitcoin, but one of the major roadblocks which Michael Saylor often talks about on um, YouTube or if you hear in his podcast, the main thing holding up more companies than doing what Tesla and MicroStrategy did was the accounting structure uh, in the United States. It didn't actually classify uh, Bitcoin in the right manner for a lot of these companies to actually take on the risk of holding it uh, because they were subject to the volatility of the asset and had to declare it at the end of the financial year. And it looked like a massive loss on their books, which you know wasn't great. So this is this is really positive. Um, Fazbear settling on that new accounting method. Now they're not there yet, but they're talking about it. They're, at the end of the year, they're looking to come to a proposal. Uh, but uh, they said on Wednesday, the board did uh, said that companies should use fair value accounting for measuring Bitcoin and other crypto assets, moving a step closer to a standard that could clear up uncertainty over reporting how much such holdings are worth. Companies must review the value of such assets at least once a year and write it down if it drops below the purchase price. So that's what I was talking about. And in the financial year, they have to write it down as a massive loss. If the value rises, companies can only record a gain when they sell the asset, not if they continue holding it. So it's a bit of a hiding to nothing and only companies with a really strong balance sheet or a really strong, uh, confident board can really get away with this. But it is really tough when Bitcoin and crypto's volatility is such that you know this affects traditional companies and stockholders that it affects them if they're not all in on this idea they look at these big losses on balance sheets and earnings and whatnot and it just throws the whole thing out of the whack and it's not too great so this is a real positive step to move away from that companies and accountants want FASBA to adopt fair value accounting instead which would allow them to recognize losses and gains immediately and treat digital assets as financial assets. So just backing up my point about this is not coming into effect right now, uh, but it's just a spotting the trend for the future. The two topics will likely be discussed by the end of the year, according to FASB spokesman, the board will then vote on whether to issue a proposal. We decline to comment on when that might occur. Doesn't matter, they're talking about it really positively. This is moving towards positive direction. Uh, and also there's another big um, piece of news I'll show you in a minute from Google. In bear markets, the most consequential news for this market to fly in bull markets, they come out during bear markets when no one's paying attention and all the noise is so bearish that these enormously positive news uh, items like BlackRock coming in and all that, it barely moves the market. But in actual fact, these are huge, uh, well, it's rocket fuel for the next wave of adoption a few years, a few years down the line. So just keep that in mind because if these headlines came out during bull markets, this this market would fly, you know, a thousand, um, or let's say a ten thousand dollar candle on Bitcoin. Maybe not that, but you'll see this huge positive wave of new money coming in, wanting to really bet that that, that trade's moving higher. That's what you see in bull markets. So, 
as well. They were looking at ways um, other cryptos as well, but they're leaving out non-fungible tokens and stable and certain stable coins in that basket if they uh, pursue it. But it doesn't really matter because major companies, all they really want to hold, if they're going to hold anything, uh, is Bitcoin and potentially Ethereum. So let's keep that in mind. Now, this is that huge news that I was talking about that happens in bear markets and no one cares about. Google to allow crypto payments with new Coinbase deal. Huge two bits of news in there was Google's coming on board in terms of being more positive towards crypto and Bitcoin. They know that there's a demand for it, especially in the internet cloud space. But also secondary is Coinbase. Now Coinbase has copped a lot of flack. I'm not the biggest fans in terms of the UI and how they're always down during peak volatility. However, they are the sole institutional arm essentially in the United States that allow companies like Tesla or MicroStrategy or huge net worth investors to uh, acquire huge amounts of Bitcoin over the counter away from the open spot market. They're the, 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 I guess the institutional gateway right now into this market. So they're not going anywhere. And I think that is really important to, to know because this stock price has dropped quite significantly since the highs, like a lot of things. But, you know, there was some scuttle about the Coinbase was going under, cut back a lot of employees. But a lot of these companies, especially crypto companies, have to trim the fat in bear markets to do this. So I wanted to highlight those two things. But anytime you hear Google and crypto together or Bitcoin together, it's just a massive deal. Uh, they've signed the deal, Google and Coinbase, which will see Google accept cryptocurrency for some, uh, excuse me, for some of its cloud computing clients. Uh, it's a move which will allow Google to go after the cutting edge crypto and web three companies who want to use digital currencies in their payment methods. So Coinbase receives a cut from that as they should, but a uh, real big partnership between those two. And this is furthering on more adoption stories. Brazil's Rio de Janeiro will accept crypto payments for property taxes. Brazil is very crypto friendly, same as Argentina. El Salvador's in the same region as well in Central America. And this is more South America, obviously. But that part of the world that often suffers from uh, central bank mismanagement, hyperinflation, um, all that, it, it is the perfect breeding ground to adopt crypto in earnest. Same with Africa. So the adoption just runs on a pace. It doesn't matter if prices up or down. This is moving in one direction. Be forward looking because this does not, uh, this market does not stay down forever. And again, those pillars are built now, those seeds are laid bear fruit in the bull market later but this again is more just focusing on that broader uh, adoption theory so uh, as well i'll just finish on this so ethereum's second layer projects duked out for dominance so this was in our trends report which we released not long ago it's also a bit of a focus for our newsletter portfolio if you're a subscriber to that ethereum's layer two scaling platforms are taking center stage in the network's newest chapter and it's unclear where the first movers hold the greatest advantage we think this is the next really strong opportunity uh, in the market, as well as some other areas which we cover in the quarterly uh, session, which you can watch soon. Uh, but layer two, Ethereum going to 2.0, it doesn't mean it scales right away. In fact, we don't know when that's coming. We apparently, well, we think that sharding is coming sometime next year, if not the year after. Uh, but scalability is still a massive issue for Ethereum. So there is a huge gap in the market for layer two solutions that are there ready right now to onboard a bunch of new uh, developers, users uh, with fast throughput, and it's really inexpensive to use. I know a couple of Optimism, Matisse, uh, and others off the top of my head, I just can't quite remember. But uh, yeah, really look at this because right now, layer two is likely where it's going to be at for a little while. Uh, until Ethereum 2.0 really takes off. So just wanted to leave you with that, a bit of an opportunity. Hope you've enjoyed this uh, Friday roundup here. Have a great weekend and we'll catch you again next week for a Monday Market Update. Talk, bye.